Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, last week I got a uh, call from a lady from a, who was listening to one of our podcasts um, that we put together back in July, and she just wanted to confirm that our client of the week was actually 71 years old. And I said, yes, he was. I remember that. His, his name was Simon. And I said, then she wanted to know, what was the age limit for long-term care insurance? And I said, well, it depends on the company, but most companies cut you know, the age off somewhere around mid-70s, some 75, some 78, some 79, but usually in that, that mid-70s range. But we also have a few companies that go to age 80, and we've got two companies that we work with on a regular basis that will actually go up to age 85. They're the kind of savings-based type asset plans. So I said, why are you asking? And she said, well, my parents said that their financial advisor told them that they were too old and they were only 69 and 70. So when I heard your client of the week on your podcast, I said, well, how are they getting long-term care insurance? Because my parents have been talking about it for years. And their advisor told them long-term care insurance was something that they needed to you know, have done and wrapped up in their 50s. You know, and obviously that's not true. So, you know, I clarified with her and it got me thinking, you know, there are a lot of myths and misconception out there regarding long-term care planning, about the programs, what they are, how it works, why do you need long-term care insurance? So this week, I think I want to put together a just kind of some of the top myths and misconceptions out there about long-term care planning and just kind of go over these with you so that you'll have a better understanding of you know what long term care is and actually what the what the options really are, and I don't want to you know I I, I don't want to preach out there, but I do I do get frustrated because I'll tell you when I got into this business, my father had been killed in an accident back in two thousand six, and I started looking at long term care insurance for my mother, and I ran into the same thing that everybody else was running into. My mom was sixty, and then they're like, well, how old is she? It's like, well, she's sixty. Well, you know what? It's just something she should have probably done when she's in her 40s or 50s and just a lot of misinformation out there. So I totally understand that. And I just want to clarify a few of these misconceptions out there. And really, the goal is just to educate you, the listeners, so that if you get to a point in life, don't, you know, I call it the bumper sticker talk. I just, you know, people like to dumb things down and simplify them and they put them on a bumper sticker. And it's usually a little bit more complex than that. So let's start out today, since we're already on the age, let's talk a little bit about the I'm too old for long-term care. I get that a lot. I hear that, you know, you know, people will come to a class or they'll come to a webinar and they'll say, gosh, I always thought I was too old for this. And I also hear another thing that is age related, which drives me crazy, is that you, you need to get it at a specific age, like your 40s or your 50s. The 50s is most common. Well, my financial advisor said I need to do that in my 50s. And then you got people like Dave Ramsey out there on the radio that's talking about saying, well, wait till you're 60. And both of those are just just mess. And here's what I mean. Number one, I'm too old. Again, you can go up to age 80, some cases up to age 85. It is your health that allows you to get long-term care insurance. It's not so much your age. If you're 75, that doesn't mean you're ruled out unless you have some health issues. But what happens as we age? Well, our health tends to become more compromised. We begin, start to become a little bit more limited. So just keep that in mind. It's your, it's your health that allows you to get that. Now, there is a limit. And like I'll say, most of the companies are going to be under age 80, but we do have a couple exceptions that we can go up to age 85. Unfortunately, I do not have an option that's going to insure somebody that's 86 or older. I just don't, there's nothing out there because actuarially they're still looking at the tables, actuarial science, and just saying, look, statistically at age 85, you're either in long-term care or you're deceased already. So it's very difficult to come up with the math to make those programs work for somebody that age. But that's just the number one thing I want you to know is, is when somebody tells you, hey, I think I'm too old, well, need to, to reevaluate that and find out where you're at because it's really your health that's going to decide that for you. I think another one of the myths that I hear out there quite frequently, and I hear this probably, I'm going to stereotype, but I hear this from men more than women. I think women are a little bit more eyes wide open and they realize there's a chance they can end up in long-term care. But the misconception is that I will not end up in long-term care. 
especially if they don't have anybody in their family. Like if dad just had a stroke and died, eh, they just don't have any experience with it. But statistically, again, this is the problem. Things have changed. Met, you know, Medicine is better than it was 30 years ago. We are living longer. What used to kill us, some of these strokes and some of these heart attacks, we are living right through. And so what you have to understand is that statistically, 7 out of 10 people over age 65 will end up in some kind of long-term care. Now, again, think of it. When I, when I tell people, what if you moved into the community and they said 7 out of 10 homes in this community catch on fire? Do you want? insurance? Do you want to do something to mitigate that risk? Most people would say, well, absolutely. And so that's what that statistic is telling us. It's not telling us whether you're going to end up in long-term care for two months, two years, or 20 years. It's just saying that statistically speaking, the odds are stacked against us. You wouldn't want to bet against that. What we're really worried about, obviously, is the magnitude and the consequences that come with the long-term care situation. So I won't end up in long-term care Keep in mind, statistically, you probably will. And if it's a married couple, which is a lot of our clients, we'll have like our client of the week this week, joint policy. It's a couple. Guess what? Between the two of them, there's a 92% chance that at least one of them will use it for long-term care. Um, Another myth that I see out there on a regular basis, and we get this, and again, we're just talking about some of the misconceptions that I hear as an advisor um, and just trying to clarify a few things for you. Medicare or Medicaid will pay for my long-term care. And again, this we've, we've done shows on this. I've done entire um, podcasts on this, this topic. The truth is Medicare is your health insurance. You will have that until you die. That is for acute care. That's the insurance that starts at 65. They do not pay for long-term care services. They do not pay for the first 100 days of long-term care services. The fine print says they will pay up to 100 days of skilled nursing care over the, your lifetime, so 100 days total. But that is not long-term care. Skilled nursing care is something you need to heal up from an acute situation. So if you have that major stroke, they're going to pay for the first few weeks or maybe the first month, depending on how severe it was and what they need to do to get you up and back to a stable you know, spot in life, basically. Or if you get pneumonia or something like that, it's, it's something you're going to heal up from. That's what it's paying for. So keep that in mind. Medicaid, which is the other government program that a lot of people are confused on, pays for 80% of nursing homes in this country. And I just touched on this a couple weeks ago. 80% of nursing home is paid by Medicaid, but here's the catch. The people that are receiving Medicaid are broke. They've had to spend their assets down. And there's, it used to be back in the day, you would just give your assets away. You would just transfer your assets. You know, when, when dad was 88 and he got Alzheimer's or he had the stroke and he was going to the hospital, he'd just give his assets away to the kids and then go in there and get Medicaid to pay for that last, you know, two months of care that he needed. Those days are over. They now look back five years on Medicaid, which means if you give away assets or you give away money to somebody else within those five years, they're going to count those assets against you. Otherwise, you didn't really give those away. And so they're going to reduce your chance to get a benefit. So what happens with Medicaid is people think, yeah, there's a safety net program out there, but they don't really understand what that means. It just means that you have to spend your assets down. A single person is going to have to spend their assets down to about $2,000. Then they also have to turn their income over. So if you're going to a Medicaid nursing home, which is most likely if you end up on Medicaid, you will end up in a nursing home because the only way you're going to be able to stay in your own home is if you have that support, that 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 those people around you to provide that care for you because Medicaid does not provide that 24-7 care. They might send somebody out for a few hours a week to check on you and <clears throat> kind of verify your status and see where you're at, but they don't, unless family members are there to provide that care for you, you're going to end up getting warehoused in a nursing home. Well, here's the thing. When you're on Medicaid, you're also turning your income over. So if you have pension and Social Security that's coming in at $5,000 a month and the, the, the nursing home is $6,000 a month, really what Medicaid's paying is that extra $1,000. They're, they're paying the gap there. They're going to take your $5,000, give you $57 or $60 a month to buy toothpaste, and the rest of the money goes to pay for those services. So again, Medicaid is the safety net program. You are broke. There are no government programs out there that pay for long-term care. So what we're going to do here today, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to sneak in a quick break, but stick around because I've got a lot more of these myths. I mean, we could just talk for hours on this. We're not going to. I've got a few more misconceptions I want to touch on, and then I've got a great client of the week at the bottom of the hour, so stick around. I'm going to take my first break. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth. 
by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. So um, let's talk about some of our classes. We've got two of them coming up here. It's next Saturday, the 15th. That is a um, our live webinar, our first one for the month. It's going to kick off at 8 a.m. on Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And then also on the 20th, that's the following Thursday. That's going to be a 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Rocky Mountain Time. So depending on what time zone you're in. And I know a lot of people listen to this podcast on the east coast so yeah just back it out you know we have that time on our website so go to 525longtermcare.com when you sign up it will tell you what time that's going to be and you can um, you'll get a link and that's all you have to do you just have to click on that link and you can watch uh, the webinar and then you can send your questions in so again the 15th and the 20th coming up next saturday is our first one if you just tuned in, um, I was talking about you know getting a call last week from somebody that um, had some parents and their financial advisor told them they were too old to get long-term care insurance. And so it just started me thinking about some of the myths and misconceptions that are out there. And, and it's, you know, I think as a general rule, there's a lot of people out there that are looking for reasons not to put plans in place. That's just it, right? We're, long-term care is not a fun subject. It's not something that we like thinking about. But it's really going to affect almost all of us. If we don't end up in long-term care, probably somebody that we are close to will end up in that extended health care situation. And so what I'm trying to do today is just clear up some of those misconceptions that are out there. And we started talking about age. So again, if you're under age 80, you got quite a few options. If you're under age 85, you still have a couple options that are out there. One of the next, probably the biggest misconceptions out there is my family can take care of me. And this is always a very interesting conversation when I get somebody. It's usually when I have a couple and one of them will think, well, my kids are going to take care of me. Because, again, we don't blindly call people. We People generally are seeking us out for long-term care. So every once in a while I'll run into this. And one of the people I'm talking to will be like, well, you know, my daughter can probably take care of me and da 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 and I say, you know, for, for some people, that's maybe that's true. But I think what you have to ask yourself, if you're really thinking about your family taking care of you, number one, 
does your family want to take care of you? Have you had that conversation? If you have that stroke tomorrow or you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's tomorrow and you need care, who's going to take you in or who's going to give up their life and move in with you? Most people just never get to that point because it's always something out in the future. And I think what surprises people, a third of the people that are on claims that file claims with insurance companies are under age 65. And a lot of that's from accidents and cancer. And my point with making that statement is that you know, extended healthcare situations are not going to check your calendar. They're not going to make sure that it's convenient for you. It's convenient for your family. And oh, by the way, the stock market's up and you've got all your savings and everything's going to work out. It doesn't work that way. That's why it's such a catastrophic event. Usually they're sudden, sudden, they're unexpected. And, you know, I always laugh because, you know, even my mom, we talk about assisted living facilities and places. She's 78 years old. And she's like, well, I don't want to go to one of those places, just a bunch of old people. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, you're, you're true. You're, you're only 78. So, yeah, let's not worry about those kind of places. But in our minds, that's kind of what we're thinking about, right? We're always thinking somewhere out in the future. But if you're thinking that your family is going to really step up and take care of you, you've got to have that conversation of how that's going to play out. What's going to happen? A lot of people think, well, I'm just going to need some help, maybe doing some laundry or something. But that's not it. Long-term care situations are very complex. And one of the biggest misconceptions out there is just how complex long-term care situations can be. You have ongoing needs to get you through the day, but you can also have some medical issues. You can also have I mean, probably I think the biggest one that people just don't understand is cognitive impairment. Cognitive impairment, as it accelerates, it becomes more and more demanding. And what happens, what they've proven is that if you don't take steps early on with a cognitive impairment, the tail end of that is going to be just a nightmare. And that's usually what happens. A lot of people think, well, I can help mom out. She's just a little forgetful or I can help dad out or whatever it is. Well, then it gets to the point where it's 24-7. Your neighbors are calling the cops on them. Pretty soon someone's got to move in with them. And guess what? They're not sleeping on a regular schedule like you sleep. And it just starts compounding. And then you try to find some place that takes them. And they are so far gone at that point that a lot of facilities, a lot of assisted living facilities will just say, no, you've got to go to a special memory clinic. And that cost just balloons. So again, what do you do at that point? Well, you start burning assets down, and in most of those cases, when the family can't take care of them anymore, they end up on Medicaid. That's usually what happens. So be very aware of that, that family, if you think they're going to take care of you, hey, that's great. If you have somebody that's going to do that, they've built out the mother-in-law, your daughter happens to have a nursing background, or your son does, whatever it is, that's fantastic. But for most of us, that's just not the situation. So be very aware of that. Um, Another misconception that I really want to talk about is, um, you know, wealthy people don't need long-term care insurance. And I think this is usually phrased to me like, well, I think we have enough money. I'm pretty sure we have enough money. I own my house. I have stocks. I have my retirement account, whatever. I have enough money. And I think this is just a very, very misinformed way to look at what extended health care situations are. You could make that same argument about your house. If you have your house paid off, and let's just say it's a million-dollar home, well, guess what? Your lot's probably worth 400000 so let's say it costs $600,000 to rebuild your house. Oh, well, if your house burns down, you're still going to have a foundation and a driveway, so let's make that $500,000. So you could ask yourself, well, if my house burns completely down, it's $500,000 to rebuild my house. I've got a million dollars in savings. I can just do that, right? I can just, I, I'm just going to self-insure. Nobody makes that. I shouldn't say nobody. There are some people out there that don't have insurance on their homes. But as a general rule, it just doesn't make sense because what we're looking at is we're saying, well, I'm risking all my savings if the house does burn down. I don't really want to do that. And long-term care is the same way. You probably can self-insure. Most of my clients, you've heard me say it before, statistically, they can self-insure, meaning that they are not going to run out of money. They are not going to end up on Medicaid. But here's what it boils down to. It's the pain factor. The people that buy these asset-based plans that we sell today, the plans that pay you back if you never use them, when the light bulb goes off, they start thinking about that, like, gosh, I would insure everything in my life this way. Because the idea is it's not about you having enough money. It's about the highest and best use of your money. And the other thing is what people forget about is if you're self-insuring, you're really walking around with a pair of handcuffs on because you can't go out and just freely spend all your money. You don't know what your long-term care situation is going to be. There are active claims out there that are going over 20 years. That means insurance companies have been paying out monthly benefits for over 20 years. Now, that's rare, but guess what? So statistically speaking, so is your house burning down. 
So understanding the magnitude and the consequences of what's at risk, what we're trying to do when we say wealthy people can self-insure, they don't need insurance. It's like, well, do you really want to pay $1.25 or $1.35 for a dollar of care? Because that's what you do when you self-insure. And most people that have assets and most people that are wealthy didn't get there because they were carefree with their money and they just spent. Most people got there because they were somewhat frugal. They were somewhat conservative. They didn't take excessive risks. And so that's the whole idea is that when we look, especially when we look at these new plans that are available today, you have to understand that, yes, technically you might not run out of money, but what you're going to do is you, you have a chance of just completely decimating your estate. And I've got clients, I, I've got several of them at this point now in my career, that are actually having to undo estate plans, meaning that they, okay, we're going to live off our pension, our Social Security, we're going to give the second home to the kids, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Well, guess what? They end up in a long-term care situation. We've got one client right now whose husband is going on his ninth year. It's unbelievable how much damage it has done to their estate. They've had to pull back properties, they've had to sell those to pay, because again, remember, they're your assets. And unless you put them in an uh, uh, irrevocable trust five years ago, they are still your assets, and so you have to spend them down. So that's really what's at risk. And so I hear that all the time. I can self-insure, and folks, if you learn anything from me standing on my soapbox, coming in here and standing in front of this mic every week, you have to understand that this is not about money. This is not a matter of if I earn enough money, I don't need to worry about long-term care planning. Now, there's a lot of people out there that will never get insurance. They just aren't going to do it. I get that. But I'm saying for those of you that you, 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 unless all your money is in, you know, Facebook stock or Amazon stock or something, and you're just gambling it at all, and that's the way you live your life, most people, you have some savings. You have, you know, maybe a little bit of bond portfolio. You have some stocks. You have a wide mixture of investments because what you're trying to do is be protected. You're trying to protect yourself. That's exactly what we're trying to do with long-term care insurance is we're trying to protect that entire estate. And it's not just simply about whether you're going to run out of money or not. It's about you being in control of your care options, you having the resources that are available with that insurance company, the care managers, the, the claim specialists, the care coordinators. It's about you having a plan that allows you to pay pennies for a dollar of a care so that the rest of your money can do whatever you want it to do. Help family members, help your charity, whatever that is. So again, most of my clients technically could probably self-insure, especially the people that are doing the asset-based plans. So I just find that to be one of the biggest misconceptions out there, that if you have enough money, you don't need to worry about planning. And I think one of the, um, I, I think one of the last misconceptions I really want to talk about is it's too expensive. And I hear that quite frequently, and I, I get it. You know, it's like people buy these long-term care insurance plans, and if they call up back in the day on traditional plans, people call up and say, well, how much is long-term care insurance? I don't care what number you spit out there. It's um, $212 a month. Oh, yeah, it's too much. It's $2,400 a year. Well, that's pretty expensive. You tell them it's $1.29 a month. Well, I'm going to have to think about that. You know, that's a lot to take in. It's like, that's what I thought. It's kind of expensive. So again, that misconception is like the insurance is not expensive. The long-term care is expensive. What somebody says when it's too expensive is what they're really saying is, that, I don't think I'm going to need this. And so with the old pay, you know, as you go type of plans or traditional plans that started in the 70s, this was always one of the biggest complaints. If they ask people why they didn't get long-term care insurance, the top answers were always like, well, I don't want to pay for something I'm not going to use. And I always laugh at that because I think, gosh, you know, based on that, every gym would be out of business. You wouldn't sell a gym membership if you're talking about paying for things that people don't use. So the idea is that, you know, it's too expensive. You could put that on a bumper sticker and put a big red bar through it. The long-term care, the cost that you're going to be faced with, the devastation to you financially is what's expensive when you end up in an extended care event. The beautiful thing today is that now we have these asset-based plans, these asset-based plans that are out that allow you, to those people that are going to self-insure, it gives them a better way to self-insure because you're going to get your money back either way. But the great thing is if you need it, you get the tax advantages and you get the leverage and it lets you pay pennies for a dollar of care. So speaking of that, uh, I got to squeeze in a quick break for the news here, but stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to our client of the week and I'm going to show you how we set up an asset-based plan. And this is going to be for Lawrence, who is 74, and Marjorie, who is 71. And we're going to show you exactly what we did for them, even though they've been turned down in the past. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. 
providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and it's the bottom of the hour. If you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, uh, this is an hour-long program that we put together every week. And at the bottom of the hour, I always bring you a client of the week. And the client of the week is just somebody that we helped out. And by the way, Lawrence is 74, Marjorie 71. If that sounds like your neighbor because you live next to Lawrence and Marjorie, that's not them. We actually kind of mix up the personal information here a little bit uh, for privacy. But uh, these are based off of cases where we've helped people. And the idea is to really understand what options are out there. And they're all a little bit different. And what's unique about this week, you know, we started the show talking about some of the misconceptions that are out there about age. Um, You've got to get it by the time you're 50, or if you're 60, or you're 65, or you're 70, you're too old. That's just not true. This is a classic example. Lawrence is 74, Marjorie's 71. They're both retired. They have two sons. They have three grandchildren who they travel to see. The grandchildren do not live close to them at this point. They looked into long-term care planning in the past, but both of them were turned down for health reasons. They heard about us from our daughter, and I had talked with her daughter, and she was talking about her parents being turned down. I said, well, give me a little bit more background on them. And we got talking. I said, you know, I think we might have a chance. Have them fill out a pre-screen form and send it in, and I'll have my case manager take a look at their health, and we'll figure out if there's some options out there that might make sense for them. So that's what we did. That's how we started this process. Their concerns, Lawrence and Marjorie, both of them, thought, gosh, you know, if one of us end up in a facility, it could drain our finances for the other one. And this is the key. This is the dangerous thing about long-term care. One person needs to go to assisted living facility because their health just becomes compromised to a point where, you know, it just doesn't make sense to try to take care of them at home. It's just so expensive. So they need to go to a facility or they have to go to skilled nursing because they need that that, that 24-7 skilled nursing care. Well, now all of a sudden you're paying for two households. And this is what a lot of people in retirement figure out is that's a way that if you're the first one to go into skilled nursing or assisted living and you're there for four or five years and you could just wipe out the savings for your spouse who is still trying to, you know, back at the homestead trying to manage the house. And so that's what they were both really worried about. Marjorie's mother passed away last year at age 94. She was in assisted living for almost five years and she did have long-term care insurance, and she used every single dollar of it. This is kind of my grandma's story. My grandma in assisted living for a little over five years. She had four years of long-term care coverage. She used every single penny of it. Now, they also inherited some money from Marjorie's mom, and Marjorie said, look, I'm looking at the numbers here. We would not have inherited this money if my mom did not have long-term care insurance. And she goes, it made me think. I don't think I want to spend my money down paying for care if I don't have to, I'd rather pay for some insurance and I'd rather be able to pass some of this money on to my kids or help my grandkids with college or do something beneficial with that money as opposed to just spending it on health care. They did not want to be a burden on their sons or on their families. And I think that's really important. That's really, to me, the key thing that most people are worried about. I don't want to be a burden on my family. They had a nice nest egg. They didn't want to spend it down on nursing home care services. They both agreed to that. Marjorie was not in a position to lift her husband and admitted that, look, day one, I'm going to have to have help to take care of Lawrence. I'm not going to be able to help him get out of bed and transfer him into a car and stuff. He was just, Lawrence was a big guy. And this is what we kind of found out about him when we started the process. Neither one of them were in really good shape. This is why they had gotten turned down in the past. They both just were submitted to the wrong insurance companies. Lawrence was a big guy. He was heavy. He had some heart issues. He had some stents put in. He was taking a statin, and he was also diabetic. And so when you start adding up all these points, a lot of insurance carriers are just going to say, you know what, that's too much. Your health is already too compromised. We're not going to even offer a deal to you. So that's what they ran into before. Their advisor, quite frankly, that had submitted them a few years ago, just submitted them to the wrong company. They should have never, ever even started. When I found out who it was with, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's just – but that's you know lack of education on the advisor's part. 
Marjorie had rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, she was taking methotrexate. She didn't have any joint deformity, and I'll tell you, that's the key. If you have rheumatoid arthritis and you've got joint deformity and that's in your medical records, that is a big problem. I, it's it, You're not going to get any leverage. You're just not going to get there, – there's very few options for you to get long-term care insurance. I've got one plan, which will give you a little bit of tax savings and your savings, but that's about it. So she did not have any of that. Marjorie was also a cancer survivor. She had cancer. She's been clear now for seven years. That's good. Most companies will say after a few years or five years or whatever it is, they will look at you again. But if that cancer comes back or it manifests in a different type of cancer, she would be a turn down permanently. So they had some health issues, but they were in a spot right now where we could still get them a plan. And this meant they had limited options. In fact, we only had two options. Out of all the carriers that I work with, we only had two options, and both of them were asset-based plans, savings-based plans, which meant they needed to be funded in a single lump sum. That was it. We did not have any plans that they could pay into over time. But here's the thing. What we, you know, looking at them, they had a nice nest egg. They comprised mostly of IRA money, but they did have some cash savings, and they had a deferred annuity. They had been really trying to save more and more money once they found out they couldn't get long-term care insurance because they knew the writing was on the wall. They were self-insuring. So, again, that's what I mean. You're walking around with handcuffs at this point now. Now you're kind of afraid to spend money because... Am I spending money taking the grandkids to Disneyland that I might need to pay for assisted living down the road? That's what's in the back of your mind when you don't have a long-term care insurance plan. So they owned their home free and clear. They wanted to age in place. It was a smaller home, and it was, it was well-designed. They could live on the first floor. They didn't have issues with that. They had one son that lived about an hour away, but the other son with the three kids was across the country from them. So they had to travel, and they were trying to travel a couple times a year to see them because the grandkids were relatively young. They wanted to pass their estate on to their kids and grandkids if they could avoid dying broke. And what I mean by this is there's a lot of people I love that. It's like, I want to bounce my last check that I write. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But for others, for me, I look at all the hard work that I did. In fact, I remember talking to a buddy of mine, Pat, who, who's his... his his ancestors were in the Civil War. You know, we're talking about how long our family's been here. And it says, it seems like if everybody just took what your parents had earned and then they built on that and then they were able to just add a little bit of value to that and pass it on to the next generation that people wouldn't, there, there wouldn't be so many financial issues out here. But that doesn't always happen, right? A lot of people die broke in this, you inherit nothing. And so that's what they wanted to avoid. Lawrence just said, Marjorie Ball said, look, ideally, if we'd like to avoid dying broke. So that's one of the things they want a long-term care plan. So anyway, after going through all this, I, I explained, look, we have you know basically one shot at this. We've got two different types of plans. I've got one plan that is a joint plan. I have one company that would write two individual th- plans. The obvious choice for a married couple is to go with the joint plan because what that means is we've got one big bucket of money that either one of them can dip into. And if one person passes away, the other, the survivor gets to use all of the money. So that's what's really nice and flexible about a joint plan. So that's what we did. And First off, again, we started with the pre-screen, and this is why we start with the pre-screen. We do not want to submit somebody and get them turned down. It's just a waste of everybody's time and energy and effort. There's nothing worse than taking an application, submitting it, making an underwriter pull an RX check, and then do the phone calls and look at the data and then come back and be like, oh, you're turned down. I mean, it was just a waste of time. So what we always do is we start with that pre-screen, and the pre-screen is just say, give us information on your health, and then our case manager is going to go through and ask more questions and dig a little bit deeper than just what the knockout questions are in the application, just so we make sure that nothing pops up. So because both of them were turned down in the past, we had to look at this and say, okay, again, give us give us the records. Tell us why. This is what it was. And quite frankly, they could have got approved a few years ago. They, they really could have if they just would have been submitted to the right company. But anyway, that was then. Today is now. So we had to move forward. So we did have options, but we, again, were limited to just a single deposit, and this is how it's going to work for them. We ended up taking one check for $207,000 and depositing it to the insurance company. Now, when I say deposit, I mean that. It's still their money. They're going to deposit with the insurance company. Now, this $207,000 came from two places. 100000 of it came from cash and savings. Again, they had inherited some money from Marjorie. They had some additional savings, so they felt okay taking $100,000 of cash out because that's kind of their rainy day money anyway was long-term care. 
We also found out, though, they had a deferred annuity. And I said, tell me about this annuity. So they had put some money into a deferred annuity. And a deferred annuity, just think of it as a savings account. It's just sitting there growing. But the thing is, you're not paying tax on the interest. It's like a retirement account. When you take the money out of that deferred annuity, that's when you have to claim that money as income and you have to pay tax on it. That's in contrast to a CD or a savings account or a money market account where you get a 1099-I every year and you have to pay tax on the interest as you earn it. Deferred annuities allow us to earn that interest and just compound it into the next year and keep doing that. And then at the end of five years or seven years or 10 years, whatever you choose, you can take that money out and you can pay tax on it at that point on the gain, or you can roll it over to another deferred annuity and continue the cycle and let it grow, which is really nice. So they had one of these deferred annuities, and I said, tell me about this. And it's like an annuity that they put together years ago for about $50,000 had grown to $107,000. And so it was just in the background. It was just sitting there because as long as they didn't do anything, they didn't touch it, they didn't have to pay any tax. But the problem is, if they go to use that for long-term care, $57,000 of that $107,000 would be taxable income, so they would pay income tax on that. Under the Pension Protection Act, I can take that policy, I can convert it into long-term care insurance, and should they use it for long-term care insurance, all of that money comes out free. If they don't use it for long-term care insurance, they're going to get that money back, plus any additional interest they earn, and then their estate will pay tax on it just like they would if they inherited it right now. So it's really a win-win. This is what the Pension Protection Act did. I tell people, if you have a deferred annuity that is not in a retirement account, that's different. If it's in a retirement account, that money's never been taxed, so you still have to pay tax on it. But if you just went out and put some money, $50,000 into a deferred annuity, and now it's worth $75,000, you take it out, you're going to pay tax on the $25,000 gain. But if you move it to a long-term care plan, you can pull that out tax-free. That is something the Pension Protection Act put into effect for us back in 2006. So this gives an immediate long-term care balance, that $207,000 they deposited with the insurance company. They've got $621,000 of long-term care insurance. Now, this is kind of like last week. If you're driving, I want you just to keep your eyes on the road. You can always go back into the podcast because this is where we start getting down in the weeds and the numbers on the radio, and I know it's hard, but again... Just understand the 10,000-foot view. What we're doing is we're turning $1 today into $3 of long-term care insurance. That's what I want you to understand. So they gave us $207,000. We deposited that with the insurance company. The insurance company says, okay, if you need long-term care insurance, you have $621,000 today. Well, what happens, this is one of the savings-based plans, that $207,000 is earning interest. Currently, today... As of this podcast, the interest rate on that account is 4%. So they are guaranteed 4% return on that $207,000 this next year. Now, the way these plans work, you're sitting there saying, now, wait a second. If you can deposit a dollar and it turns into $3, really what's going on? Well, what's happening is the insurance company is saying, look, you're going to earn 4% on this money. But we're going to buy some insurance to turn that dollar into $3 tax-free of long-term care. There's a cost to that, and that's going to be based on your age. So based on their age, the cost of the insurance for them is about 2.4%. So that means that the money is going to grow by 1.6%. And this is where people need to understand how these savings plans work. So they take this money and they deposit it, and here's kind of how this plan is going to look. Five years out, remember they put $207,000 in. Five years out, they have $223,000, 223610 That's their cash value. That's the value of the contract. The long-term care balance has grown to $681,000 because for every dollar of interest they earn, they earn $3 of long-term care. Their monthly long-term care balance is now, or benefit is now up to seventy-five seventy a month. It starts out right about seven thousand dollars a month, meaning each person can take seven thousand out. Five years down the road, seventy-five hundred dollars. Ten years down the road, they've got seven hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars of insurance. They have eight thousand and fifty-two dollars a month. We go out fifteen years; they're two hundred and seven thousand dollars. And this is just assuming current rates stay current. Now they they stay at four percent. If they go up, this is going to grow even faster. If they go down, the cash value will not grow as fast. But they will never go below what they had the prior year, so it can only go up in value. But just assuming that it stays flat, which is probably not, we're probably going to see higher rates from what everybody's telling us. 
But 15 years down the road, they have $261,000 of cash value. They have $783,000 of long-term care benefit, and they have $8,700 a month of benefit. That means each person can pull out $8,700 a month until they get to $782,000. So that's what's wonderful about these plans. You're just getting leverage. You're actually getting some inflation built in because if you were younger, the 4% is still the same. It's just that maybe the cost of the insurance would only be 1.5% instead of 2.4%. So then your cash value would grow faster. Your long-term care benefit would grow faster. But think about what this really did for Lawrence and Marjorie. They now have money that they already had. They had this deferred annuity, and they had some cash savings in the bank. They gave us part of that. They took it out of one pocket. We put a bunch of features and benefits on it, and we handed it back to them, and they put it in the other pocket. There is so much flexibility with this plan. If they need money back after 12 months, they can take 10% of the account balance out every single year. They can just take 10% out without canceling the policy. If they take you know, $20,000 of cash value out, well, what it does is it reduces their long-term care benefit by $60,000, but they still have long-term care insurance. If they gain $20,000 of interest, they gain $60,000 of long-term care benefits. So it's just a sliding scale. For every dollar you have in the account, you get $3 of long-term care. If they need to just cancel the plan, something changes, they can do that. And it's like a CD. There will be some kind of surrender charge. So like at year five, they put 207 in. If they canceled their plan, they would get $212,000 back. The actual account value is two thirty-six. If they died at year five, they would get 236 paid back to the estate. And the account value, as it grows, that is your money. That's Lawrence's and Marjorie's money. They, they will get that money one way or the other. And if they use less than that account value in long-term care, the difference is paid back to the estate. So just a really, really great plan, um, something that you, this is a flexible underwriting, which means they've got to have some knockout questions but you've got to have the funds. You can't put 10000 in one year and 10000 another year. You have to walk in with a lump sum to set up one of these types of plans and make it work this way. So looking at my clock here, let me sneak in my final break, but stick around. When we come back, I want to spend a little bit more time on how some of these asset-based plans work. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. You've heard me say Brian Ott with 525 Advisors is the best in the country when it comes to long-term care planning. And it's not just me saying that. Recently, Brian was recognized as the top advisor in the country for long-term care plans with lifetime benefits. That's the same type of plan my wife and I have. Well, this is the fifth year in a row he's received this award. That's truly amazing. But when I asked Brian about it, he said he couldn't do it without you, my listeners, because you get it. Yeah, you're a bit smarter than the average person. I know that. Long-term care planning is about protecting the people you care about, and government is not going to do that for you. My wife and I put a plan in place with Brian. We have the comfort of knowing that our care will be funded and managed in a time of need, taking that burden off our girls. And if we get lucky and don't need it, our plan will pay our estate back. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Get the peace of mind knowing your family's protected. Contact my friends at 525 Advisors and work with the best. They'll take time to design a custom plan just for you. Find out more at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. 
Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back. And uh, thanks for um, sticking in. If you've uh, been with me from the beginning, you know, we start out talking about a little bit of miscon- uh, misconceptions. Um, and then we had our client of the week. And I'll tell you, I apologize on these client of the weeks. I, I could just do a whole hour of client of the weeks. So I just love that. I start a radio show called client of the week. I just don't think anybody would know what it is. But the idea, again, of that is to show you guys ways that we can design plans and that, you know, understand that all, you know, all the carriers are not the same and everybody's situation is a little bit different. So as an independent agent, my job is to go out there and find that plan that's going to work best for you. If you're super healthy, you're within a certain age and you got plenty of assets, um, you can choose from any of the any of the plans. And our job is to kind of weed those out for you and say, this is why you probably want to look at these three and this is probably why you want to stay away from these three. But when you start having health issues, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to say, look, these are the plans we have. These are the funding limitations. Is there something that will work for you? And that's how, you know, that's how we go through the process. We always start with that pre-screen to find out what we can do for you. Now, you're going to learn a little bit more about our process if you come up to one of our webinars. Uh, that Again, the 15th, which is next Saturday, and then the 20th, which is the following Thursday. That information is on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And we just encourage you to sign up for that. A lot of people always ask me, you know, where do you start? What do you do? Yeah, you go on the internet and you can read everything you want. You're just going to get lost and confused. And there's just a lot of misinformation out there. And, and I get frustrated with the advisors because I think there's a lot of part-time advisors out there that dabble in long-term care because they sell a bunch of other products. And long-term care is difficult. Not only do we have to design a program, we have the health underwriting, we have the asset requirements, we have all these things that we've got to go through. And so... I get frustrated when I see somebody like our client of the week that would just submit it blatantly to the wrong company. I, I, I could have told you on two minutes in the phone call that you're not going to get approved with that company. And I remember, in, in fact, if you go to our reviews, we have um, on our website, this is kind of a funny story, we've got a five-star system. And so we reach out. We have a company that reaches out to our clients. We verify their clients, and we ask them if they'd like to submit a review. Well, out of our 100-plus reviews that we have on our website, I think we have... I know for sure we have one four-star review. Everything else is a five-star review. Well, that one four-star review gave us a four-stars, a fourth or three or something for timeliness because it took too long. Well, he was a gentleman that came to us, and I said, you know, he was, he was going to submit to, he's like, well, I've been looking at, you know, XYZ company. I said, well, they're going to turn you down. You're not going to get approved from them, and your wife's going to be automatic turned down, but, you know, the blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, no. then I called up and, and was following up with him, and he was just kind of a jerk with me, acted like he didn't know who I was. So I said, okay. Well, about two months later, he starts calling around again, and some attorneys and some people started, kept referring him back to me. And we got into this, and I finally took his call. And I said, well, you got turned down with XYZ Company. I told you that you were well, – why did you submit to them? Well, uh, I, you know, he, he just didn't really have an answer. And so it frustrates me because that advisor didn't take – the, the, the five minutes, and maybe they obviously didn't have the knowledge and the skill set to ask the questions that needed to be asked on the front side. And so that's what is so important. You need to educate yourself, find out what long-term care is, what it pays for, all that stuff, because that's the basic. How do you trigger a plan? That's all the stuff we cover in the webinar. That's all the same. But then when it comes down to designing a plan, we've got to look at your health and we've got to look at your particular situation and figure out what options we have and design something specific for you. Now, I want to tell you, there's a lot of people out there that they listen to these um, programs and like the savings-based plan. Why does the insurance company give them $600,000 of long-term care insurance because they gave them two hundred today? Well, remember, insurance, what we're doing is we're not – you don't go out and get hit by the bus tomorrow and get a check for $600,000. What long-term care insurance does is it pays out a benefit. So the way these savings-based, asset-based plans work, just like the one we just went over there for Lawrence and Marjorie, their $207,000 that they deposit, it's going to start growing in value. But when they go on claim, when they start taking money out of that policy, guess what? They're taking their money back first, right? That's the way all insurance works. It's the way our homeowner's insurance works. It's the way our car insurance works. We pay in for all these years, and then our hot water heater fails, and we need $2,500 to clean up the basement and fix something. The insurance company's given us our $2,500 back because we've been paying $1,500 a year for the last 20 years. It's just that with these asset-based plans, what we're doing is we're walking in and we're giving a lump sum of money to the insurance company, who is a cash reserve company. They are then taking the risk, and they're saying, okay, 
we'll guarantee $600,000 because we know we're going to peel this money out over time. In the first two years, you are spending your money down, basically, and then years three, four, five, and six, you're into the insurance money. Well, the insurance company looks at all of the people that are participating in their pool, and they say, look, we know out of this million people that have this policy, a third of them that go on claim are going to die within 12 months. They are never going to get into the insurance company. They're just going to get the difference in their money back. And then they can go up and they can say another third is going to die within three years or whatever the number is, whatever the actuary science is, and that's the way they do it. And again, I talked on this on a prior show. The reason why these insurance plans work is they're not giving you something. Yes, we, we had one of these cases that we literally put together in July and in September, the person was on claim. This was a year ago. And it was like, holy cow, right? They got lucky that they had that policy in place because they it happened that fast. So those kind of things do happen, but that's why we have insurance. Same reason we get life insurance. Odds are we're not going to die tomorrow, but if we do, it's a big deal. So again, these plans are really, they're actuarially sound. They're backed by the State Guarantee Trust Associations. It's just a better way for you to self-insure. And folks, I will tell you with the rising interest rates out there right now, these plans have never looked better. So again, you've burned an hour with this. Um, two classes. Next Saturday is our first one. 525longtermcare.com is where you sign up. You can also get resources. You can read our reviews. You can do all kinds of things on the website there. You can get our podcasts. I'm going to get to work this week and put together another show. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.